I can't stay too late past uh, the two-hour mark, just so you know. That's too bad, because we're all going to do another whole podcast. <laughs> I oh, no. don't really think we will have much more than two hours to say about NHL 96. You know, yeah. you say that now, but we've definitely had episodes where we thought that was the case, and we went way long. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would bet on an hour and a half for this, but it, we could... Anything is possible in this exploration squad. Welcome to Season 2 of the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad Podcast, Episode 25 out of 1500. The <laughs> Super Nintendo Exploration Squad Podcast is a select button guide and podcast. Every week, we select three games at random, and you get to vote on which one we play. This time, you picked NHL 96. We'll be discussing it using the four standardized metrics for scoring a video game. Gun, Vanity, Investigation, and Revelation. Welcome to Season 2. Welcome to Season 2. Sorry. Season 2. <laughs> season 2. I'm your host. I'm your host, Courier Rice. I'm your co-host, Virtual Clint. And today, we're joined by... Uh, 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 hold on one second. Uh... <laughs> I'm... Uh... your name? <laughs> uh, I'm one second before. Uh... I'm Shrug. Uh... And I have ushered in Season 2 by getting totally owned, as so many people have before me, by R. Cunnyworth. Thus, uh, hmm, what's that going to do to my character? Chip on the shoulder? Newfound humility? I don't know. Maybe I'm just really unsure of myself because I got so owned. Long pauses are still there, though. Can't wait for the shortest episode of all time. And I am surely the biggest pothead here, Talpa. Alright, as you might have noticed, we've changed a few things going into our second year, most notably our categories. We've combined poetry and mystery into the more cohesive investigation category, and harmony has become revelation to match how its purpose has changed over the last year. Please understand. So, NHL 96 is an ice hockey video game released in 1995. They always do this. They always do this. <laughs> it's just Develop like with cars. It's weird. I don't understand it. With bars? Cars. You get the Oh, with cars. Yeah, I'm sure you could buy the 2019 Jeep Ford Ram Explorer truck, whatever. Yeah, those motherfuckers. <laughs> Anyway, developed by Tiburon Entertainment, shout out to Tiburon on the forums, congrats mm -hmm. on the hockey game, and published by Electronic Arts Sports, it is a true-to-life representation of the beautiful game of Canadian politics. NHL 96 was preceded by games such as NHL 94 and 95, and would be succeeded by 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2006. <laughs> But it stopped at 2012 because that's when the world ended. 
Yes, that's what happened. Good, good, relevant meme. Thank you. <laughs> the cover of the game shows Steve. Oh, how was this pronounced? Steve Iserman. Uh, and Scott Stevens. Irwin. Who, Steve Irwin. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, it was very brave of him that day that the uh, the stingray wandered onto the ice. Uh, <laughs> oh my <see>. god! <laughs> that took me a sec. Steve Eiserman and Scott Stevens, who were the captains of the Detroit Red Wings and the New Jersey Devils, the teams that would go on to the 1995 Stanley Cup Finals. Interestingly, going forward from here, all games in the series would only depict one player per cover, at least in North America. Explorers, I must ask you this. Are you ready for this? Ready. Yeah, what's that song again? Uh Two Unlimited, or is that the that's the no wait, that's not the not the song, obviously. It's the name of the artist, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I'll play it here. I'll play five seconds of it. Yes, please do. I love Try to look up a Kazoo cover of that song. Oh god. Absolutely not. Sounds great. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, this game <laughs> this game opens with that song, so you know it's going to be good. It's going to be it's, good. It's the perfect 90s thing to open with. This entire podcast, that's the new theme song. In the game. <laughs> yep, that's what we're doing forever and ever now. Because, you know, this podcast is such a massive 90s nostalgia trip. Mm-hmm, plus sports, too. So, uh, I only asked everyone to play for an hour. I feel like I wrote something else here. No. Okay. How long did you play and how far did you get? Let's see. I played, I guess, one second before and I played for about an hour. Might have been a little bit shorter, but we spent a bunch of time researching stuff. Um, and we played, like, one full game in total, but we didn't finish either of them. So we did three periods split over two games. Yeah. Uh, we played using Parsec. We played multiplayer. Um, at first... Okay, we played without looking anything up. We both don't know how to play hockey. And uh, we just kind of, like, ran around on the on the court. Is that what you call it? The hockey court? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the ring, I think. I think it's definitely the field, the hockey field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We ran around on the hockey field court and uh, just hit a ball around and did spin dashes and stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, eventually, I started uh, kicking Clint's ass for some reason. You I couldn't wrecked say me. why. You totally like, wrecked me. <laughs> it was like eight to zero. I don't know what happened. Excuse me. It was six to zero <laughs> <laughs> in the first period. <laughs> and then we stopped because uh, Clint got too discouraged. I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I think also it would be fun to ask everyone how much experience you have uh, of the actual sport of hockey. And I want to say that um, I have never watched hockey. I have never been to a hockey game and I've never played hockey. I'm such a nerd that my mo- my main only experience with the sport of hockey is watching Guy Madden art films about hockey in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I have a little bit of experience with hockey because the year... So I, I used to live in Denver, and the year that the uh, Avalanche came to town, they, they won the Stanley Cup, and I believe I watched... I can't remember. I believe that I watched the, uh, uh, the finals, I guess. Um, I would have been eight or nine so it's not a very strong memory 
so and then uh, I, this is weird. I'm trying to remember the name of the game. There was this game that was kind of like Asteroids, but sort of multi massively multiplayer in a really weird way, and it had a hockey like game you could play. And I played quite a bit of that, and I learned that's some probably of the rules. NHL '96. Oh, the, you know what? That's what it was. It was NHL '96 Space Edition. So that's '97. They got pretty wild. <laughs> well, once you get to the fifth, uh, the fifth version, you got to add space to it. So. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's about it. I'm somewhat familiar with the rules. I played through a couple of exhibition games with shortened periods. Uh, I lost the Ottawa. Let's see. I played as the Hartford Whalers versus the Ottawa Senators because Whalers versus Senators sounded like some really extreme uh, New England bout. <laughs> and I lost a zero to one. And then I played the... I can't fucking remember. The Canadiens. I played some French Canadians. And I succeeded in losing a fight on the ice to one of them, thus achieving my long-term goal of being beaten up by a French-Canadian and going into a penalty box as a result. That's called being connect. <laughs> ah, yes. The beautiful game. And, yeah, I managed to tie that game. We went into overtime, but neither of us scored, so <laughs> just, that was it. It was over. Uh, in actual physical space, I definitely watched the Mighty Ducks when I was a kid. And I've gone to exactly one hockey game over 20 years ago with my church youth group. And remember, everyone was extremely hyped. All of the kids were extremely hyped to see a fight on the ice. And all of the adults were very disappointed in us because that was not Christ-like behavior. <laughs> um, that's about it. I Basically, wanna, I'm a hockey expert. I want to mention really quickly that the Canadians are from Montreal. And I was looking that up for some reason, actually, before... We picked this game. Weirdly, anyway, I found out that their their football team in the Canadian Football League is called uh, the Alouette. Alouette? I don't remember. Anyway, it means larks, like this tiny little bird. I love that their football team is so unthreatening sounding. It's like if you named your, you know, it's like the Denver Sparrows. Like it's not threatening at all. Anyway, that's all. Bye. Someone doesn't have a lot of experience with birds. <laughs> so... I played an exhibition match against my friend uh, where we were both the Mighty Ducks and we turned penalties off and fights on because that's the only way to play. And then we played a practice match, uh, two versus two, where we were both the Mighty Ducks and the other team was the Canadians and we lost miserably. Beautiful. And I uh, I decided to play the Red Wings because that's the only one that is 
like portrayed in the game to be like a good team apparently and of course as everyone else uh my match had to involve the mighty ducks because it's the only thing i recognize so i found uh i considered it my mission to kill the mighty ducks uh you could even say you went on a mighty duck hunt you could you could could say that it would be incorrect but (laughs) actually no it would be correct i think we've got a shrug junior god (laughs) anyway um (laughs) that match got that match got drawn out we got into overtime six to six uh eventually they won uh that was about 30 minutes, and then I spent the last 30 minutes uh, crying because I think it's very important that we uh, bring emotions back into sports. <laughs> I agree. Wait, you went six to six? Yeah. Holy fuck. It was actually really close the entire time. Uh, though I did find it funny that um, the like the second that the entire match started, I just slammed the puck right into my own goal. <laughs> from the starting position amazing i love that i was like i'm so good at this game <laughs> but okay so let's see let's see let's... oh uh i forgot to we forgot to answer the uh perennial question of what our actual real life hockey experience is and my hockey experience is i saw maybe five minutes of mighty types in my life and also, I'm from New Jersey, so I was surrounded by hockey fans. Ah, uh, yes, I uh, have like next to no hockey experience whatsoever. I know people who like hockey. That's basically it. Man, Mighty Ducks was a real evangelist for the sport of hockey, huh? It was, whether or not you actually saw the movie. I was very confused to see what I thought was a fictional team in the game, until so I had to look it up, and it turns out that Disney created the the team based on the movie. I w- yeah, fuck. I was telling one second before that, and you were like, "Wait, I don't, you, I don't think you actually believed me." <laughs> I did not believe you. <laughs> That's incredible. I only know uh, this because they talked a lot about it on the Disney Channel in the 90s. Um, and I was always hitting up the Disney Channel in the 90s to watch The Rocketeer and Newsies. Because, yeah. you know, it was the 90s. So, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Big I, ups. I think I actually know Mighty Ducks better from the cartoon. I think there was a cartoon with actual duck people. Oh, shit. Yeah, when I saw that, I think I did see that movie. I did definitely expect them to be real ducks. Me too. Yeah, I remember that. Should have been a TMNT sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, no, Curry. You've unleashed memories I've locked away for so long. I watched this cartoon. (laughs) Do you remember how it was at all? I'm assuming it was terrible. I mean, yeah, probably. In my head, these ducks look very angry. Were they angry? They were angry, and I think they were also magically transformed into duck people. They were already the mighty ducks before they were rendered into duck flesh. (laughs) It is uh, 
like, oh shit. Damn it. I'm tr- now I've got a corkster dick. <laughs> I I never asked for this. Corkster as dick. as in Snex Exploration tradition, we are now posting pictures in the chat where our listeners at home cannot see it. If you are at a computer or a phone, I recommend you looking up the picture of the Mighty Ducks cartoon and look at these very intimidating duck people. Very 90s extreme kind of look. Um, they have guns. They they like fight space battles. You're oh right. One of them God. is literally holding a gun. One of them has a Cyclops visor. I hope he has eye beams. These guys kind of have the uh, Burger King Kids Club kind of ah, uh, look to them. They do. Oh, my God. One of them's named Duck LaRange, by the way, which is a terrible fucking pun. That's pretty bad. So, <laughs> Moving do we want on. to talk about the Mighty Ducks or cartoon, or do we want to get into gun? Let's get into gun. I'm ready for gun. Right. Staring down the barrel first... of this hockey gun. Shoot the puck in my face. Oh, it's great not hosting. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our first topic is gun. How did you feel about the controversial choice to let the hockey players bring guns onto the ice? (laughs) You know, I'm all for it. I think that the only point of hockey is to watch people beat the shit out of each other and lose teeth. And you lose a lot more teeth when you get a bullet in your mouth. Oh my god, that's scary and sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have two notes here. Note number one, if it's good enough for the Mighty Ducks, it's good enough for me. And note number two, the longer I stare at this picture of the cartoon Mighty Ducks, the more I realize with horror that the gun one of them is holding is shaped such that it definitely shoots hockey pucks. Oh, God, it, it does. Please, it please, does. Be, please be true. Uh, so I think during the gun segments, it will be very important for us to explain the rules of hockey to the casuals at home who don't uh, uh, play the Lord's sport. Oh, absolutely. I, so, wait, I want to, wait. Uh, it, it is a puck shooter. And I want to say that it's for Duke Duke LaRange, and <laughs> it's called a puck blaster, but he mainly uses a golden sword called a duck saber. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about hockey, Tulpa. I, I do want to say, though, I also call it my puck blaster. <laughs> so, in the sport of hockey, fighting is, of course, uh, encouraged, but quietly encouraged. To make uh, the families at home feel safer, they will occasionally... Not always penalize heavy fighting and slashing and uh, interference and all other sorts of violence. But most of the controls in this game, as in real life, are all about destroying your opponent physically. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I actually have been wondering about this. Uh, Every hockey game features like specific fighting mechanics like there is a way to get into a violent confrontation in the hockey game and you know what is that is that like an officially sanctioned part of the real sport of hockey or what hockey is actually a ritualized blood sport that allows canadians to maintain an air of politeness and affability the rest of the year they watch the stanley cup and 
enraged by blood sport, they burn a city down, and the rest of the year they apologize. <laughs> I think that's very true. Oh my I can't god, Tim we Curry didn't bring was no in code on here. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh my god, Tim Curry was in the Mighty Ducks show. Oh, <laughs> Did he play Duck Larange? No, he played was... Lord Dragonus. Dragonus, he's a dragon. Oh, he was the well, villain. I'm really dragon. I'm really disappointed in this. It says that a weaponized Zamboni constructed by Nosedive, it's just called the Zamboni. Oh, there is no stupid duck pun associated with the Zamboni. It, it does have a, a corkscrew dick, though. Where's the Zamboni's dick at? <laughs> and if you don't get this that... It's just like centaurs. You need to listen to No Rangers Allowed. Um, yeah, no, hockey, it, I remember as a kid, people always talking about, oh, I want to see fights, I want to see fights. And I feel like more recently, they've gotten away from that simply because it is terrible. But um, I do want to mention, yeah, you're right. It ha this, this game has specific fighting controls. And in fact, this game has five different control schemes, which I think is important to note. There's offense defense, puck handling, goalie, and fighting. And they're all slightly... No, they're not all slightly different. They're all completely different. Uh, it is it is truly bizarre. And it, it made it so hard for me to understand what the fuck I was doing. Even after reading the manual, there's so many buttons to remember because you've got, you know, your four buttons plus L and R, but they're multiplied times five. They all do different things in these different modes. And they sort of correlate. Like, for instance, in, if you have the puck, B is pass. And if you don't have the puck and you're in defense, B will uh, move you to... The, you'll change control to the player nearest the puck. So you're still sort of transitioning to a different player. But it's a completely different concept um, and that, that just holds true throughout all of the control schemes. All five of them, uh, they all have very different uh, uses for all the buttons, and it's, it is bizarre. But then when you're, you are the player nearest the puck and you're going up against or you are tangling with the player on the opposite team that has the puck, then the B button becomes a fuck the other guy up button so you can get the puck. Well, all of the buttons are actually fuck the other guy up button. Not just like, there yeah, isn't like, just the dedicated fighting system. Half of the controls are about inflicting violence on the other players. There's a trip button. There's a body check button. I can't remember all of them. Yeah, they're, the, they're the all A button. Buttons. The A button is a dash button that just gives you a burst of speed. But if you dash into another player, you body check them horribly. Um, yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah. I want to go over the fighting controls because they are surprisingly robust. Um, there's pretty much a hidden fighting game inside this game. So from the manual, here are the controls. When the gloves come off to throw a punch to the head, press Y. To send an uppercut to the body, press B. To grab and pull your opponent's jersey, press A. To move forward and back, use the control pad. And to attempt to block a punch, control pad away from your opponent. So, yeah, there's like a little street fighter in the middle of this game. It's so much more complex than it actually has to be, which leads me to think this is really what they wanted to do. 
Yeah, I think they wanted to make a fighting game. I mean, honestly, to me, this kind of feels like a fighting game because you're you're really focused on on attacking the person with the puck, or if you have the puck, you're focused on you know misdirection and dodging. There is a button dedicated to uh, pretending to hit the puck and not hitting the puck. I mean, that is a fighting game move if That's I've ever seen one. It's a cancel or or a, or a feint or something. Something I don't know fighting games, but yeah. Wait, wait, a feign. Never mind. I, we don't know a shit about shit. <laughs> but still, that is a fighting game thing. Podcast canceled. <laughs> We're starting a new podcast called We Don't Know Shit About Shit, where we talk about things that we don't know anything about. Oh, wait, we already do that. How do you do a Hadouken in this? I don't even think it's pronounced Hadouken. I just like saying that. Man, I bet you could, though. I bet there's a way if you do like the half circle on the D-pad or something. <laughs> there, there is there. There are buttons that do different things depending on which way you're pushing the control pad. Like if you pass and you're pushing towards a player ahead of you, you can pass that way, or you can pass backwards. But it 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 gave it a different name. Like if you're holding the control pad away from the goal and hit pass, it was something else. I I don't know what it was, but yeah, there there is. And- and sometimes when you press the button to pass, uh, the putt just flies out of control in a random direction, whether or not you're holding the control pad. I love that. There's a button dedicated to slamming the puck up into the air just because fuck it, which is amazing. <laughs> My favorite is the spin dash move uh, where you press R button and you spin in a circle for no reason. It's called spinorama. I believe you're trying to, let's say, a juking move for getting through defenders um, that I could never get to work, but I only played a total of three, whatever they call them. Periods. Like I said, I'm a hockey expert. (laughs) Um, Did you guys know that ice is slippery? That's what they say. Uh, once I learned how to spin dash, I did it constantly. Yeah, that's probably why I beat Clint so bad. Yeah, I think the spin dash is my my. It is, sorry, the spinorama, it, as it is named in the manual, is my weakness. Um, oh, I can't believe that this predicted uh, Twitch culture. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I laughed anyway. The, there's like a, a like everywhere on Twitch. Uh, they say they, they there seems to be this running gag that uh the best tactic in any game is to spin and they say spin to win. Oh. Yeah, you did it. You spun to one. <laughs> I guess I have a bright and promising future ahead of me as a Twitch streamer. Do it. Did, did any of you turn line changes on? They default off. No, I didn't turn it on. I have no idea what a line change is, but I can speculate. I uh, do it. A um, line change uh, means every single time anyone crosses the center line, they have to change to a different player. <laughs> uh, 100% accurate. Uh, but also, the game keeps track of the energy levels of the players. Optionally, the game keeps track of the energy levels of the different players and their performance degrades as they get tired. So you have to swap out players. You can turn it off so that all of your best players are always on the ice at all times. 
you can set it to automatic so everyone's always at 100 percent energy like at the start of every period they just the computer swaps fresh players in for you or you can set it to manual so you have to make these decisions for yourself it's a odd little bit of simulation in the middle of this fighting game there is a, a like a surprisingly like large amount of simulation in this simulation game i i tried to go in here with a fresh mind but i'm pretty sure the thing is that you're expected to at least know both how hockey and real life works before you start playing this and i don't i'm not either of those <laughs> um and, I, oh go ahead Tulpa. and you are also expected to have read the manual so that you have some idea of what the controls are before you play this game oh no you just learn that in real life you learn <laughs> what the b button does <laughs> the simulation aspect surprised me because I was expecting something like like Tecmo Bowl or whatever it is on the NES, which is very like basic. And I know that this is like years and years after sports games on the NES, but I, I really only played sports games starting with the N64. And that's what I expected everything to be a lot less uh, interesting, I guess, or, or detailed than that on the Super Nintendo. It's basically an arcade game in my mind, but it really wasn't. I, one of the things we, we talk about fighting a couple of times, but fighting is really weird because you can't, there's no button to start a fight. You can't start a fight. What happens is your players have an aggression level, like it's one of their stats. And um, when you when they get into a tussle with somebody during normal play, there's a chance, seemingly, there's a chance that they will start like a straight-up fucking fight and the gloves come off. And uh, uh, it's simulationist. Like, it's like the, the, these characters, these players have personality to some degree uh, in addition to all of their statistical, they're good at this, they're bad at that kind of thing. So it's, it, it surprised me. It really did. Yeah, the game is too real, if you ask me. Like, I want it to be really, like, cartoony. Like, when I saw the edit line option on the menu, I totally thought that that was going to allow you to, like, draw on the hockey field. Like, draw all the... <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted that to be the case, and I was very disappointed when it was just switching out players. NHL Mario Paint Edition would be <laughs> uh, a banger. Yeah, use that Super Nintendo mouse. Oh, oh one of the other rules I want to note for hockey, uh, you are simply not allowed to move your goalie ever. I've noticed that you get penalized yeah. every single time your goalie moves even an inch. I, I, <laughs> I didn't have that strict an issue with it, but or like I didn't have that much trouble with it. But I do know that I very frequently accidentally switched to the goalie and then just ran off with the puck and got <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it took me forever to figure that. I don't think that the goalie is allowed to exit the crease. I had to look it up, I, but I, I knew the word. But I was going to say crash, which which is a different word. The wrinkle. Um, the wrinkle. They're not allowed to exit the hockey wrinkle, which is the that <laughs> the, the nub. Thank you. <laughs> uh, which is that little blue circle around the goal. I don't. I mean, I think they're allowed to exit it, but they can't go a certain distance, or they can't stay out for more than a certain period of time. I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it even without penalties on, uh, you still have to do a face off if you do something that would be penaltyable, penal penalizable. There we go. Sure. Um, and the face off is like they put the puck 
near to the goal of the team who uh, fouled, I guess. And then you have to smash the B button and whoever smashes it at the right time gets to shoot the puck in the correct direction, like either towards the goal or away from the goal. So it's weird. That I did just remember uh, while I was playing this game, I had a few friends over who were also watching me play. And when I was discussing how the goalie wasn't allowed to move, one of them related an anecdote. Apparently there was a huge rules debate uh, from a hockey game when the puck was wedged into the, uh, between the blade and the shoe of a goalie. And uh, he swung his foot back into the goal uh, looking for the puck. And there was a rules debate of whether or not that counts it as a goal for uh, the other team. Oh God. Oh my that God. Is so very it, debatable. It was, it was ruled of course that uh, it was a goal for the other team because the goalie is simply not allowed to move. <laughs> so yeah goalies have to basically be like buckingham palace guards right like they cannot move they cannot flinch they can't blink they cannot they feel st- emotion yeah they just stare straight ahead and they're especially not allowed to take the puck and try and run away with it which is why i think the mighty duck with the with the visor mask is the goalie that Probably. seems possible he is the emotionless robot duck uh let's see uh-huh. That's it actually... says it says the mask of Duquesne. Wait, I don't know. I think maybe the mask of Duquesne is the gold mask that the one in front is wearing. A biomechanical cybernetic interfacing mask created by Drake Duquesne to defend off the defend off the Saurian's initial Puck World invasion. Equipped with computer-assisted sight that allows the user to see through Saurian cloaks and magic, later found by Canard, then passed to Wildwing, who uses it in battle. The mask also acts as the badge of leadership. During Take Me to Your Leader, the other five ducks each tried wearing the mask after Wildwing left the group due to a crisis of conscience, but it was returned to Wildwing after he overcame his issues. It also only works for ducks, revealed in the final face-off when Lord Dragonus once tried using it and get shocked, then later Wildwing convinced the guard to try the same mask, mask to get him shocked so he could escape. Hmm. I changed my mind. The show is awesome. <laughs> I Yeah, this seems to have as many complicated rules as hockey does. <laughs> Sounds really anime to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, it appears that uh, there's an entire planet of hockey in this cartoon called uh, Puck World. Oh, uh, Puck World, my favorite D and D setting. Um, I, I see that's that's like one letter away from my D and D setting. Ah, Puck okay. World. They weren't magically transformed into ducks. They are just the alien duck species that lives on Puck World, and everyone there plays hockey. It is a world dedicated to hockey. It is a frozen, icy planet where where everyone uses the hockey stick both as a tool of sport and a tool of war. (laughs) Just like in real hockey. Just like in real hockey. (laughs) I think that uh, all the violence and fighting in hockey games, I think, gets at this primal uh, lust that children have for, like, witnessing violence. Like, I don't know what it is, but uh, that, you know, they always talk about that when they go to hockey games, kids get real psyched to see fights. 
uh, whenever a kid plays a hockey game, they're just trying to figure out how to get into a fight right away. And when I had a film club for elementary school students once, they only wanted to see violent stuff. Like uh, I tried to show them an educational documentary about dinosaurs once, and uh, it was just some weird thing on Netflix. I didn't know what it was. It turned out to be this poorly animated CGI uh, film that was just one dinosaur walks around the plains, encounters another dinosaur, and just fights. And it was just extremely violent dinosaur fights, one after another, no educational value. And the kids well, loved it. So it was like a... Uh, well, wait, dinosaurs or... invented hockey? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. And also, uh, another day I showed them uh, uh, C-SPAN as a punishment. I was like, if you are... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, if you guys don't settle down, I'm going to show you the most boring thing in the world, which uh, I shouldn't have said because they actually got really hyped to see the most boring thing in the world. And uh, so when I put on C-SPAN, it was a bunch of uh, white men like yelling at each other about Eurozone economics. And the kids were wrapped. They were fascinated. They loved it. Oh These kids God. are pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just like wondering if this... This dinosaur program was like a reaction to the dinosaur segment of Tree of Life. <laughs> Could be. These merciful dinosaurs. They've cocked my dinosaurs. <laughs> SJW dinosaurs. No. Oh my god. Uh I you know what's funny is I as a kid, um, I apparently was a super nerd because I was not very interested in violent stuff. <laughs> I was actually really squeamish about that kind of stuff. But then again, like in video games, I was always looking for a way for things to kill each other. So maybe maybe not so much. Maybe I wasn't as, as much as that. I showed the kids time bandits and they were really bored, except for the parts where the dwarves were hitting each other. And then they were like whooping and hollering. That That's so weird. I loved time bandits when I was a child. Yeah, I don't know. Violence and the Ukrainian parliament. Oh, uh, for context, I posted a picture of uh, the Ukrainian parliament in the podcast in chat. Uh, become, a, become a Patreon to see uh, a bunch of Ukrainian lawmakers having a violent brawl, brawl that looks uh, far more dangerous than any hockey game. Yeah, that's the $100 tier. If you want to see this one picture, you got you to gotta fork it up, buddy. Give us money. Give us the money. Uh, how could Tulpa have enjoyed Time Bandits as a child when their childhood was at least 3,000 years ago? <laughs> Time travel? Oh, yeah. I stole the map of the universe that let me travel between time and dimensions. Is this, uh, follows. Is, is this the Book of the New Sun reference? No, this is a Time Bandits reference. Oh, okay, good. Because I saw that movie once as an adult, and I thought, this sucks. I hate this. It's Frankly, dude, knowing Tulpa, I'm surprised they were watching Time Bandits as a kid. I would expect them to be watching, like, Jan Svankmeyer films as a kid or something. I also watched Jan Svankmeyer's Alice when I was 11 years old. <laughs> uh, I rented movies from the uh, Blockbuster foreign section exclusively. I know Tulpa. <laughs> You did it. <laughs> Topol's personality was crystallized at 11 years old. And when I was nine years old, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel broadcast all of Jan Svankmeyer's uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner shorts, which are amazing. Yeah, those uh, are great. Stop, 
that rules. There's, yeah, there's stop motion, vaguely cannibalistic animations of uh, these very sad, dystopian looking uh, Eastern Europeans uh, either eating their own body parts or uh, getting food delivered to them from each other's uh, guts or what have you. It's great. God, I love hockey. <laughs> Oh God! Cannibalism in hockey. Yes, a rich vein. Did anyone? Uh, how many? Do you know how many penalties you got in the the game games you played? Uh, I did not get many penalties, but the person I was playing uh, got at least seven penalties uh, during our one exhibition match. Uh, for some reason he kept triggering penalties and I would uh, go unnoticed by the refs. So I think they actually simulate uh, the referees not paying attention because I was intentionally body checking and tripping the other team as much as possible. Wait, were you playing the Mighty Ducks? Uh, we were both the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> okay, then, then the referee had preference for... The Mighty Ducks. No, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of penalties, mostly from my goalie moving about. But we turned penalties off, so it was just face-offs. But even if you turn penalties off, you still get a five-minute penalty for fighting, which I think is weird. You also get a two-minute penalty for slashing and a two-minute penalty for interference. Even with penalties off? Yeah. Weird. I thought it was a roughing, was, or at least roughing is one that they said for me, I think. Oh, yeah, and roughing. That was another one that we got quite frequently. Uh, so I am a bit of a sloppy hockey player because I got, in the one game I played, uh, 77 penalties. <laughs> Damn. Amazing. Was... How did you even have any team members left? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. But like I said, like... I lost six to seven. I had 77 penalties. Uh, I think I made 24 shots in all. Uh, it was it was a very involved game. That's Man, amazing. They must have like sent your team straight to prison after that game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they they took me straight to the guillotine afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Most evil hockey team. <laughs> yeah, guillotine. Made of ice, used only in hockey to this day. Not a, not very good for other other things because it tends to melt on its way down to the person's neck. And then they're just sorely injured, and it's terrible. Or at least kind of wet. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I got... Okay, this is not even... This is, there's no transition here. My goalie fucking sucked, and I don't know why. Like in the in the game that where I lost six to nothing in the first period, <laughs> uh, you were one second before you were shooting from across the hockey field all the way across, and my goalie would just be like, "Huh," and just let it go in, and I was like, "What the fuck?" He, he was uh, doing the Buckingham Palace thing, or he was afraid of me. I think he was intimidated. I yeah, so. that's why you're not supposed to move. If you flinch, the the puck can go in. Otherwise, you are an iron wall. He was intimidated by all those spins. <laughs> the spin dashes. 
spin, 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 and then a slap shot from across the the field. I would love to see that in a real hockey game. Somebody like spinning around three times and then slapping the puck as hard as they could and just getting a goal. <laughs> it's my ritual. I must do this before I shoot. Spin, spin, spin. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of hockey players, as well as a lot of sports folk in general, have strange rituals that they perform for good luck. Oh, yeah, but usually not spinning around three times in the middle of a game. <laughs> oh, God. You don't know that. I, Have well, you seen the Harlem Globetrotters? They do all sorts of things. <laughs> the Harlem Globetrotters, notoriously the most superstitious basketball team that is definitely real. I believe in them. <laughs> That's why I leave basketballs out every Christmas Eve. <laughs> They dunk it straight into the chimney. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I'm trying to think of any other... But, yeah, as far as this game goes, I was real disappointed that I couldn't play the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah, it seems fair. The Harlem Ice Trotters. Um, the, you can make eight profiles for... Six or eight profiles for different players. Like, not hockey players but nhl 96 players and it'll track stats for them i thought that was cool the it's end. not cool it's very fucking cool no it's not cool it's boring so is that, is that about all we got for gun do we want to move on i'm happy move i don't have anything else to say about oh dun, actually dun, i do have dun, one dun, thing dun 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 I want to munch. No, I have one thing that I want to say, which is the most basic thing that we haven't really talked about that much was uh, just skating. Like, I loved just skating around. Like, it's slippery, but you have a lot of control over what you're doing. You have to worry about momentum, but, like, not too much. And you make these big, beautiful circles everywhere you go. It's like, I wish that this game left... Uh, like trails, like like you know, like you can Ooh, see that would be nice. Yeah, like the patterns were so this nice. Was just a, I wish this was just a figure skating game. Yeah. I just oh, drop all the yeah. hockey, and then I could do like triple salcows and quadruple lutzes. Why is what there is not a figure skating simulator? <laughs> Why Combat is there figure skating? Several oh. people are typing. <laughs> I. I would play combat figure skating. Also, as Clint said, why is there no figure skating game? That's not a thing. You know why. Uh, what are they doing putting these figure skaters in my video games? The horrible uh, ultra-masculine uh, tendencies of gamers and marketers to prevent anything that is uh, not always 100% masculine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, accurate. Speaking of things that are 100% masculine, uh, I did notice at one point while playing the game that uh, a another player checked the one I was playing and managed to throw him over the wall into the penalty box. <gasps> <gasps> this Whoa. game simulates that? That's really absurd. Yeah, I was just like, oh, well, he's gone. <laughs> By the way, are we moving on to the new category? We are, well, it's not a new category, but it's the next category. Uh, We're moving on to Vanity.
just how beautiful was the beautiful game? The Queen's beautiful game. This. The beautiful game without mercy. This. <laughs> the fucking track that plays between periods is there are amazing. You're a few. Are you talking about the the beautifully rendered organ music that moved my heart and soul? Yeah, that must be it. Are you talking about Hava Nadila? Because that played one time while I was uh, playing this game. Uh, there is a real banger of a piece of electronical type music that plays when you first go to start a game. And you also get to hear an organ rendition of what most people think of as like the Jewish bar mitzvah song. That's so weird. <laughs> um, Shrug, I know what track you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's like weirdly uh, 90s acid rave music. Yeah, I, I played it. I, I played it for the beginning of this section. Uh, if, if I'm paying attention, that's what I did. <laughs> I, excellent. I found the music that played uh, on the on the rink uh, to be oddly menacing. Like, every song, in my opinion, sounded like a dirge. <laughs> well, it is played on an organ, so... It's part of hockey's structural encouragement of violence. <laughs> the one that that one song does sound sort of like you're supposed to be listening to it while driving down a neon lit uh, highway at night in a sports car uh, to take horrible revenge on somebody that has wronged you. So I don't know if that's right for hockey or not, but. It sounds good. It's like Hotline Miami music in your hockey game. I'm into that. That would, that would have been nice if they just had that playing throughout the matches because between this and between some of the racing games I've had to play on this, I don't know why you would just like not have music. See, I'm, I don't care. You don't want to be taken out of the zone. Just you oh, and yeah. the puck and the ice. See, I, I completely agree in, in unironically, totally unironically, I feel like there should not be music in a sports game unless it's very arcadey and you should hear it should be really good crowd noises and sound effects. Like I should be able to hear the puck hitting the plexiglass and people smashing together and the skates on the ice like that is what works in it. That's the only thing really that works in a sports game for me is like the immersion isn't the right word, but the sort of like atmospheric shit i love that i love that to death it's my my very favorite thing like i used to play madden 64 and i would just turn off the announcers and just listen to the crowd and the wind and maybe the rain and like just and the and the bodies smashing together violently uh it was beautiful it was beautiful and this game does an okay job of that like i feel like the sound effects are pretty good um it feels pretty impactful which i guess is probably the best descriptor of sounds the sound of hockey uh but yeah i actually really liked that there wasn't music i in fact i would have just preferred there was not even the organ music because the organ music was very distracting to me 
And I think the Ordin music is only in the game because it's all public domain and they didn't want to like focus on just designing an excellent sound effects. Probably, yeah. This is a simulation game, not a not a jubilation game. People just posted in the chat like three different figure skating video games, so now we're all the bad gamers. Yep. I, I well, I've Maybe. been looking it up, and I haven't heard of any of these. I guess Mario or Mario and Sonic at the Sochi Olympics had some sort of figure skating mini game. Uh, there's some other Wii thing. There's Figure Skate Pro 2010 on the Xbox 360, which I think I'm was an arcade sure game. I'm pretty sure that's a joke cover, actually. Really? Oh shit! I gotta Google this. It Michelle does say Kwan. rating pending. Michelle. It says rating pending, and there are no companies on the front. Okay, good call. Yes. Michelle Kwan figure skating seems like garbage. You're just like selecting. Um, yeah, it doesn't tricks. seem to be like as a simulation at all. You're just like selecting tricks from a list and digital Michelle Kwan does them. You're just watching a computer Michelle Kwan do figure skating. It's like watching actual figure skating, but without an actual athlete. So It's like figure skating where you get to tell people, do a flip! Do a flip! At last, my fetish is satisfied, says three people in the world <laughs> i i'm still obsessed with this idea of a figure skating game because i'm imagining like you're creating a routine and it has like certain you know button presses you have to do and you have to get into the right spots and like you're tony hawk's figure skater yeah yes. oh. i'm obsessed sorry actually i think i want a uh, figure skate three <laughs> where what well, you you like you do a pirouette through the air or whatever it's called and then you just kind of crumple up and flop through the floor that would be amazing <laughs> i want to play the punk figure skating game figure skate or die <laughs> i really want combat figure skater the more i think about it just doing mad tricks it's all about building up momentum and your passes by one another doing the right tricks to counter their tricks and cut one another with your blades there can be a plus a hockey stick mode uh possibilities are endless that's amazing yeah there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of untapped potential here because all of the figure skating games i can find are parts of other games so they're like mini games and in, in things like there's a Winter Stars on the Xbox 360, which requires a Kinect, so you know it's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I just wish there was a dedicated game for... I'm fucking obsessed. Like, this last uh, Winter Olympics, like, all I watched was figure skating, because fuck the rest of it. And it's just... It's it's such an incredible what? thing. What? How dare you besmirch the good name of curling? <laughs> I, I curling's okay, but I, I watched enough curling in my youth to be pretty much satisfied. Curling needs a bit more flipping. No, curling is so relaxing. Are there any curling games? Have you seen how fucking intense the Russian curling team looks? I cannot. Yes. I cannot relax when I'm looking at those people. Especially the lady. She looks... Just the stress radiates off of her. She's so focused. I can't deal with it. There is a curling uh, game series. It's called Monster Hunter. 
I don't understand that joke, but again, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to understand the joke. Uh, way back previously, uh, Tulpa uh, jokingly said that uh, Monster Hunter was bad because it did not have any curling in it. Oh, they added that in the recent DLC, huh? Oh, I don't even remember making that joke, but yes, it's 100% true. Monster Hunter is bad because he can't uh, move a giant heavy stone uh, 100 feet along icy ground. I mean, you can. That's the hammer, but that's that's up to debate. That's just a game theory. <laughs> uh, why do we I don't laugh at that? engage in game theory on this podcast? We dunk on game theory in this podcast. Thank you. Did you know that uh, Mario is a sociopath because he jump on the bad guy. He jump on bad guy. He kill them. He must be evil. My favorite is uh, is Mario Woo-hoo. a communist? Woohoo! <laughs> Everyone loves to do the Mario voice. Yippee! <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. I love to murder. Ho ho! I'm a big killer. Ho ho! Can't believe you'd be so racist against Italians. It is a racist voice, and my wife has called me racist for doing the Mario voice, and I can't disagree. I'm sorry, any Italian people that are listening to this podcast. I'm sorry, Mario is racist. <laughs> tell is her, it? tell her it's just the game theory. <laughs> this is it. This is exactly what I thought our episode about a hockey game would be like. <laughs> it very much is. Uh, it's what pronounced Mario. It's a pronounced Mario. <laughs> ah, fuck. I'm doing the racist voice again. Um, okay. Can we talk about the intro to this game, this hockey game, not Mario? Can we please talk about the intro? It is so good. It's quite remarkable. I mean, they're playing I don't it. remember it. I have no feelings about it. I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, then, yeah, with the quick that gets the a NHL 9-6. And then the puck is sliding across, and it looks sort of, you know, 3DS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the rendered like... dances to the song. The puck yeah. dances to the song. <laughs> There's a, a puck that's like 3D pre-rendered in the style of Donkey Kong Country that is just going back and forth to the soothing sounds of... Bom, 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 bom. And then it lands next to giant 3D letters NHL 96 and it is wild. It's amazing. The puck's just like, oh shit, I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, the intro is is beautiful. It's it's very lovely. I got real hype for this game when when I I saw that intro. I was like, this is gonna fucking rule. And then the hockey itself is is not as interesting as the intro in a lot of ways. I it, through that intro, I was submerged in nostalgia for something i had never experienced yep and this you can't say that about a lot of things yeah you can but (laughs) it wouldn't always be true yeah exactly (laughs) apparently there's a german word for having nostalgia for something you never experienced but i don't know it so this story sucks it's uh it's mono no aware (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's it uh, I, I feel it's umami. It's <laughs> the mommy taste. Um, shit. Hi, Curry's mom. Uh, 
the 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 sprites for the hockey players are okay, I guess. I wasn't moved. It was very simulationist. It's very functional. The menus are hideous. The menus menus are just the menus are text. Like you don't even have the the whole they don't even have like start the game, go to a sub menu. It's just a block of text with all your settings. I do want to say one thing though is that the menu in between periods you can see behind it the Zamboni going by. That is nice. Did you catch where the dick was? <laughs> the uh, Zamboni is it, dick. Is that what the Zamboner is? Ah. Uh, yeah. Did you see it though? No. Oh, okay. I'm chased. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. I have to say that the Zamboni is the single most important factor of vanity in any hockey game. And I was a little disappointed by both how infrequently it showed up in this game and also in how, uh, like, slow and boring it was. I mean, it just slowly crawls across the pause screen. But to me, the standard of Zambonis in a uh, hockey game is in the only other hockey game I've ever played, which was ice hockey for the NES, where in between periods, you get, like, a musical, like, 10 Zambonis going back and forth over the court, like, to the music. It's great. That's beautiful. That's a real beautiful thing. I feel like maybe this game has a whole bunch of things that are maybe worth discovering that you'll only discover if you are the type of person who thinks I would play this game. Yeah. Meanwhile, I refuse because it does not have an ending state. You don't even, uh, actually I was looking through the instructions. So this is a little bit back to gun, but, uh, in the FAQ I was reading, they explained that uh, if you play the season mode or tournament or I don't know, that um, you don't even pick a team and try to go to the end. You just you get the layout of all the matches and you pick which ones you want to play, like regardless of who the teams are. Now, that's pretty rad. I like that. Like, that's an interesting idea that I don't think it's... that you would see in other modern sports games because it's so weird it's very uh like fourth dimensional <laughs> yes just i will inhabit your body now and yes <laughs> i will win the stanley cup and i will take it back to my dimension and i will lick it metal is tasty in the fourth dimension exclusively yeah, no, don't don't eat metal. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about vanity except it's yeah. in the game. Oh. In the game. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot when that started up. Uh, the EA Sports. It's in the game. That yeah, I was like, oh man, it's been around forever. There's a lot of uh, spoken word in this game. There, you can actually hear a lot of samples of uh, real human beings speaking. Oh, yeah, that's true. They name all of the teams. They say it out loud, and it'll be like, you know, the uh, Nordiques versus Mighty Ducks. And it, it sounds pretty good. I was surprised. Anaheim at San Jose. I liked the part when the game said curry. 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 Do you like the game, Curry? Curry, do you like the do game? Do you like the beautiful game? 
Do oh, you... you were playing my ROM hack. <laughs> oh, why did you make that for me? Oh, you know. <laughs> I like when it said, hey, Shrug, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And hit me up on the gram. Gramtown. Um, I'm not sure what the gram was in 1995. Was Possibly it... graham crackers? Probably a Oh, I was thinking maybe Graham Graham, my grandmother. Aww. She might be yeah, a Yeah, your grand Graham who definitely runs a, a hockey-themed telegram office. That sounds like something she would do. I mean, they don't even have cell phone towners, towers up there now, and it's fucking 2018. All right, I think that's a pretty good segue, not really, into the salaryman corner. Salary man, corner, corner, corner. Corner, 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 corner. <laughs> uh, so this time, uh, the chosen game for the salary man corner is Super Mahjong 2, Honkaku Yonin Uchi. I believe it was mentioned earlier, uh, probably before we were recording, that this may that this is a prequel to Super Mahjong 3, believe it or not, which we had previously played in December. Uh, according to Giant Bomb, in all of its encyclopedic knowledge, like I swear they know more about games than Wikipedia, uh, it says Super Mahjong 2, Honkaku Yonjin, Yonjin? Uchi, uh, which translates to Super Mahjong 2 Real 4-Player Strike. It is a Mahjong game from IMAX and the sequel to Super Mahjong. As its subtitle attests, Super Mahjong 2 allows for a full four-person game of Mahjong as opposed to the two-person limitation of its predecessor. The opponents are no longer based on real people, but are still somewhat comical in their implementation. The game also takes a leaf from Super Nichibutsu Mahjong's book by adding bunny girls to many of its menus. I noticed that you seem to play as the bunny girl. Yes, which, you, you do indeed. And that's everything I've ever wanted in a video game, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, surprised by uh, by that. And I, I like that she's holding a sign that says, You! But it's definitely, it really just should read, Me! Because I am absolutely <laughs> playing as the bunny girl. Thank you! I didn't play it because I heard there weren't going to be any turtles, and I was like, fuck this. But if I had known there were going to be bunny girls, I definitely would have played, and I would have been a bunny girl. So this is pretty disappointing. I'm very disappointed in myself. I just remembered uh, my special announcement is that we are a year into... Uh, the podcast and therefore the salaryman corner and all of its other permutations like mahjong minute and such on and i have finally won a round of mahjong hey congratulations i finally was just like halfway through a match and i was like wait a minute i'm discarding tiles now i remember <laughs> this is from this is coming from someone who has watched all of Akagi. So and didn't remember any of the rules. I know that Pona's a thing, I know that Ron is a thing, and I finally remembered I'm discarding tiles, so I accidentally won a round. Hell yeah, all hail, Lord Gamer. F- 
finally someone can join me on the lofty heights of knowing how Mahjong works, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you figured it out, like, several months ago. I think with the by the second Mahjong game, Tulpa was already a uh, semi-expert. For this podcast, in the context of this podcast, I was an expert. In the context of, let's say, a Chinese gambling den, uh, I was basically chum for the sharks. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a, you're still a mark at that point. <laughs> I think that um, I want to buy, I kind of want to buy a Mahjong set because I, I think that my wife would actually really like it if we could figure out how to play it because it, it is very much similar to gin rummy or gin or whatever. Um, in, in that you're very much paying attention to what the other players are discarding. Um, and that informs your play a lot. And that's very much something she's good at. And I think that she would, uh, enjoy it. But to do that, I'd have to learn how to play Mahjong for any real, any real way. I, uh, was, I played it with, one second before on the same uh, Parsec stream. Shout out to Parsec, who I hit up on Twitter to see if they'll uh, give us some money to sponsor them, and they haven't responded at all. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and and I was trying to explain the rules. If you say it like that, you're definitely not going to get a sponsorship. Sponsor us or die. Um, that's not good either, is it? <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to... Maybe it, not. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your grandma's house. I'm coming to her... Um, her novelty-themed um, telegraph station. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I was trying to explain the rules of, of Mahjong because apparently I know more than one second before, but I, I was Definitely. still like, I still didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I can't remember what sets or what. I'm not sure if a tile belongs to a set or doesn't. It's I'm still bad. I lost, but I didn't lose as badly as the other players. That's how I put it. I the match I played the t the three characters I picked to play across from me were two nice seeming girls and a man who definitely appeared to have killed us every round because there's like this trail of blood behind his picture where he's stopping to take a cigarette break. <laughs> yeah, there totally is. That's weird. There's also a uh, character who looks like a salary man, like in every way. So, you know, you got to love that. They th it's representation in gaming. Yeah, it's very apt theming. There's just two main audiences for well, three main audiences for people who play Mahjong. There's the uh, Yakuza murderers. There's the salary men. And then there's the happy go lucky young women who could just kind of ended up here somehow. Well, and don't forget the pervert. Yeah, there's always the pervert. Well, the pervert can be any of the other two types of... The uh, pervert is the player considering that they're having... That they had their photo replaced with a bunny girl holding up a sign that says you. You! But what if they're not a pervert? What if they are in reality just a bunny girl that holds up a sign that says you? Mm, that can still be a pervert. <laughs> yeah, don't discriminate against bunny girls. They, they like, contain multitudes. What kind of sicko honestly refers to themselves in the second person? That's true. Interactive fiction uh, players. Yeah, that kind of sicko. <laughs> but yeah, so it was Mahjong, right? Like, that's it. 
You see a house to the west. A white house. It has a mailbox. Open mailbox. Play Zork, says the leaflet in the mailbox. And then a Gru hops out and eats you. No, it's daytime. Uh, That can't happen. It's my game, goddammit. (laughs) I think that IMAX, the company that published this game, is a competitor to VAP. That would not surprise me. I... Yeah, you know what? I'll take it. Oh, uh, did we note that we have actually played uh, Super Mahjong 3 before on this podcast? Yeah, I mentioned that at the beginning, but as a result, I also... I'm hoping that that works as a replacement for the fact that I definitely forgot to mention the developer and publisher. Whoops. (laughs) I never do that, so you're already ahead of me in at least thinking about how you forgot it. Um, yeah, the the develop the developer is IMAX with an apostrophe between the I and the M, so it's really I'm Axe. Hello, it's me, Axe. The best Animorphs character. <laughs> I can't believe you can't play an Animorph in NHL 96. Yeah, Damn, a, that would rule. <laughs> that's a real shame. I'd become a hawk and carry the puck into the goal. I'd become an elephant and break the ice. <laughs> Well, I guess then people would have to talk about the elephant in the room. (laughs) It's a real good icebreaker. You know, an Animorph sports game would be really fun, actually. If you put Animorphs in just about any game, I think it improves it. That's true, except for the actual Animorphs games, which are very bad. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. Isn't Mario two Animorphs games and one of them is a Pokemon ripoff and one of them is a Crash Bandicoot ripoff? Those are the two. Oh, wait, there's one bad adventure game for the PC also. Isn't Mario Odyssey essentially an Animorphs platformer? Oh, shit. No, Mario's just a furry. (laughs) What? Animorph dating sim. Is there a boot? You think there's like a bootleg Animorphs dating since floating around on Steam somewhere? You know, that would be pretty good, too. I mean, the Animorphs, they were actually really solid, good characters. And also fetish fuel. So, you know, also terrifying uh, body horror and regular horror. Yeah. Everything I've learned from Tumblr about that was just that this was possibly the most terrific, uh, fiction aimed at young adults ever written oh yeah i mean that i mean that in an awesome way yeah i read them as a kid they're really good they weren't even aimed at young adults they were aimed at like middle grade like 10 year old readers which is even more bonkers like there were no if you ever wondered if there was any censorship or any uh regulation or oversight of anything published for that market in the 90s animorphs is enough to know no one was paying attention yep yeah if you take anything from this hockey podcasts is that you need to go look up information like just cliff notes on the animorph series because it goes there there's a book where uh they give morphing power to a new teen to join them this guy they feel sorry for because he's a new kid who just moved to their school and so they give him the morphing power he turns out to be a total sociopath and he uses his power to try and like take control of the Animorphs like uh, group, like to be the new leader. And he starts threatening them. He tries to kill them in several ways. And in the end, they have to defeat him by trapping him. They trick him into morphing into a mouse. They trap him in a cage. 
and they hold him there for three hours, which is long enough. That's like the one weakness of the morphing power is that when you're in a morph for three hours, you are then trapped in that morph forever. You can't morph back. So they trap him as a mouse for eternity. Uh, the Animorphs also have the power to speak telepathically. So they trap him as a mouse. They leave him on an island. And then for the epilogue of the book is like, for the next 10 years, sailors going by the island traded rumors of hearing a voice crying out. Yeah. Amazing. That is intensely fucked up. <laughs> really one of the classic tales in the game of hockey. <laughs> Welcome to yes. the Animorph Zone, part of the hockey podcast, Salaryman Hockey. Hockey. I ran out of breath. I can't, I can't believe the Mighty Ducks team aren't Animorphs. <laughs> they there, should I be. linked it back. Are we happy? I'm very yeah, happy. I, I do have to say, though, real quick before I move on, that those books are actually good and hold up. Like, I was rereading a couple of them recently out of curiosity. They're still pretty good. I mean, I definitely feel like it. The odds are that, like, when you when you push far enough to make your book weird, when it crosses that line, it has to end up good on accident. And soon, <laughs> soon we're going to experience an HBO series called Animorphs: Ad Adult Town for adults with blood. Animorphs with boobs. Boobamorphs and a boobs. And the, and the occasional glimpse of a dick, so we can say we're being. Not as exploitive. Somehow. Oh, actually, we can tie this back to uh, the actual subject of our podcast because the Animorphs books started publication in 1996. Hey, oh, oh. were inspired by NHL 96 for the Super Nintendo. It's canon. so imagine the context of playing this game. Macarena is all you hear on the radio. <laughs> Animorphs began publication, and you you were unfortunately saddled with playing this game. Leno was making jokes about fucking a hawk boy on late night TV. <clears throat> you just came back from the movie theater after watching Independence Day. You were listening to... Uh, uh, Macarena remixes on your Walkman, and you went to the electronics boutique to acquire a copy of uh, the new Animorphs book and uh, NHL 96. But they didn't have I it, do... so you went to Circuit City. For the Animorphs book, right? Uh-huh, yeah. You I know, have an unfortunate wrench to throw into that uh, illustration, though, and that's the fact that this game came out in 95. <laughs> Fuck! You can't. You're just a kid. You can't afford to buy it new because games so you were actually year. more expensive back then. In a lot of cases, so you waited a year. Yes, exactly. The Animorphs books uh, included a couple of teen <laughs> main characters that were um, big sports fans and also played video games, and there were a lot of pop culture references in the books. And also the TV show of it was made in Canada. So it's very possible that at some point an Animorph played this game. <laughs> well, there we go. We've linked it back. I think that we've painted a beautiful... I, I think, can we say we were investigation? Because we painted a beautiful word picture of the kind of person who plays this. You could say that, but we also have more to say in investigation. So, oh, you bet. 
let's go ahead and transfer on over. That's the end of the salary man segment somehow. And uh, so, investigation. We used to have po- go on. <laughs> no, you go on. Okay, I will. Uh, we used to have poetry and mystery topics, but the ways in which we used them began to blend together, so we've combined them into a single segment. Tell me, explorers, what have you discovered? I've discovered that putting six wasabi peas in your mouth and chewing them is not a good way to podcast, and also, I am crying now. I've discovered that this game commits one of the greatest sins of Super Nintendo game design. It uses the B button to confirm things. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's pretty bad. That's that's a problem we've still continued into, like, the PlayStation and maybe PlayStation 2 era. That yeah. was at least forgivable because there was a consistent regional difference. This is simply unforgivable. The B button should never be confirmed. It's morally wrong. It kind of is. <laughs> it, dro- it drove me up the wall every time. It took me like five minutes to navigate the menu before I even started playing hockey because I didn't know how to control, uh, how to select things. Yep. And I thought surely pressing the B button would just boot me back out into uh, the attract screen with the, the best possible intro. There is no way to go back in some menus. You just get stuck in them somehow until you pick an option. That's sort of irritating. Uh, I've discovered some powerful flavor text from the manual. Uh, Welcome here we go. to NHL 96! Exclamation mark. There's been plenty written lately regarding global warming. El Nino. El Nino. Welcome to the mid-90s. There's been plenty written lately regarding global warming, El Nino, and the like, but North Americans are experiencing a different weather phenomenon altogether, the arrival of the Second Ice Age. And in contrast to the idle pace of glaciers extending from the polar ice caps, this time it's spreading like wildfire. Sheets of ice measuring up to 200 feet by 85 feet have formed as far south as Tampa Bay, Anaheim, and Dallas and there's no sign of a warming trend in sight. Nice Oxford comma there. EA Sports brings you as close as you can get to the NHL without donning a parka. So, uh, that's, uh, that's fun. That's very weird for them to put in there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone got bored of their job. Oh, global warming. Fuck global warming. What about... The new Ice Age because of hockey. Hockey. Yeah, get politics out of my games, goddammit. <laughs> they were really, really anticipating the rise of uh, climate change as the the uh, name du jour, nom du jour, you know. It's really amazing how hockey has ceased to be now that all the rinks have melted. Yeah, yep. it's, it's a real problem. It's kind of sad. That is truly the greatest uh, greatest loss. Those fucking polar bears you can't eat. Fuck them. We lost hockey. Yeah, I mean, they what could have played hockey. They could have played hockey. 
Actually, no, the, the polar bears are eating the hockey players now because they have no other use. <laughs> you, you know, That'll never run out. You know what's really sad to me is that they put wheels on curling stones, and now they, they still curl, but there's no ice. It's sad. It's, it's really weird, too, because the brooms, instead of having, like, instead of brushing the ice so that it's smoother, or, or no, wait, rougher, instead what they do is drop dust so that the the wheels like start experiencing more friction. That's the new curling with with the, in this iceless world. That's messed up. Uh, while we're reading manual stuff, uh, just a couple of little excerpts that I enjoyed. Um, one is to create goons, make sure the aggression rating is pumped up. Otherwise, the player will shy away from fights. And then another one is. Icing is not called on a team shorthanded due to a penalty killing situation. What the fuck does that mean? I do not know. <laughs> I don't understand anything about this manual. Wait, wait, here, here's uh, my favorite quote from this manual. Hockey is an easy game to understand in that it is, consists of relatively few rules compared to other major professional sports. I mean, it is less complicated than American football which is the most complicated thing. I mean, you have to have a fucking degree to understand that, I think. NFL catch rules. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> I will talk for hours. So, uh, they're on the cutting room floor. There's only one small bit. Uh, there's a hidden job offering in the game for, for, for hackers and demo coders. Uh, it says Tiburon Entertainment Incorporated developed this product for electronic arts. Tiburon is a small developer located in Longwood, Florida, a suburb of Orlando. We develop entertainment software for console systems and IBM compatibles. If you're a talented programmer or artist, please fax us your resume at 407-862-4077. Although formal education is a plus, it's not required. The message is directed to all you hackers and demo coders out there who might be looking through our ROMs. We have good benefits and pay competitive wages. We understand that while your resume may not reflect jobs programming, that you may still be very talented and the opportunity may not have been available. In this case, we ask you to mail us your demos or, and they spelled you wrong, um, or examples <laughs> of work you have done. <laughs> so, and then it like follows up with Tiburon Entertainment, CEO, hey, I'm good, I want a job and an address. I assume that's the uh, template that they're handing out to use. Unless someone, for some reason, decided to hack into the game while they were making it and put their own uh, message in, which would be weird. But yeah, so uh, this job sounds better than most of what's available now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and so equitable. Don't to, you don't have to know shit about shit. As long as you found this in the game, we'll hire you. It's kind of a Willy Wonka golden ticket situation. but. It, they do sound pretty chill. I mean, they're like, we know that your resume may reflect that you have not had the opportunities that others have had, but we're still interested. You know, that's kind of cool of them. That is. That's definitely the best, like, message for hackers I've ever seen in a game. Because usually it's like, hackers, fuck off. We worked hard on this game and we hope you die. And it's like, they're like, hey, hackers, want a job? Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. To Tiburon. It's, it's amazing. Want to leave behind your life of crime? Hacking games for yourself personally? Go legit. 
get out here to the suburb of I don't even remember, I don't even remember what you said. It's fine though. Orlando. Suburb of Orlando. Yes. Hey, Clint, you should talk about that cheat code. I want to talk about the cheat code. Hell because, yeah. Hell yeah. Because there's a cheat code listed on game FAQs and basically every other, every other cheat thing. And it's only for the Super Nintendo version, seemingly. Uh, and all of the directions are slightly different. So I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Uh, and this is correct because this is how it worked for me. And I'll tell you what it does. So first of all, that demo with the fucking dancing puck. Amazing. Uh, they call it a demo in certain sites. It's not a demo. It's an intro. The intro with the dancing puck. What you're going to do is hold select the entire time and mash L and R as fast as you can. So you go L, R, L, R, L, R. You do that over and over. And then right as the demo or the, the intro is completing, the puck has stopped. You hit start, but you keep holding select and mashing the L and R button. And eventually you'll hear a vo voice say, K-Rog. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yep. <laughs> We tried this uh, six, seven times and uh, with various minor differences, and it was a real pain in the ass. And then when we finally heard K-Rog, it was like, oh, my God, it's real. I thought it we was flipped like out. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I totally thought it was like a playground rumor that somehow got like, you know, uh, promulgated. Is that a word? Uh, propagated throughout various sites without anybody checking to see if it was true. But it's true. And uh, what it unlocks are four, count them, four extra teams. Uh, they all have perfect statistics. And you've got three of them are based on the developers. You've got High Score, EA, and Tiburon. And then the fourth team is just called Bus Drivers. And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And they have their own, they all have their own arenas. And the arena has their logo in the center. And the Bus Drivers uh, logo is certainly the bus. It's a big school bus with a graffiti message painted on it. I forget what it was, but it was like a taunting message. Yeah, it was weird as hell. It also gives. I'm, oh, go ahead. I, I assume that the uh, the the developers had to take public transit to get to work, and they just felt very grateful. <laughs> Maybe, but it's a school bus, so that makes it even weirder. <laughs> that does make it weirder. And then the other thing I guess it unlocks, I guess you can create players and it gives you a thousand points for that mode, which means that you can basically make a, a, an Ubermensch. You can make a, a perfect player. So there you go. That's the absolute uh, definite bottom line of how you do that cheat. Uh, if you if you want to do the cheat, you know, it's just a game theory. When I uh, beat Clint's ass in a big way, I was playing as the bus drivers. So, you know, they're the best team. Yeah, you fucked me up. I was playing as Tiburon, and apparently the Tiburon goalie is uh, a, a, a total fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we then continued our investigation into this. Uh, we got really deep in on this. We looked at the list of players on the bus driver's team because it names all the individual players. And uh, it was just a lot of random names, and mostly we couldn't find any significance except for... Uh, Three of the players on the team were, uh, they all had the last name Hansen. And I started wondering, like, what were the names of the actual Hansen, like, musician, the brothers in Hansen? And uh, sadly, those did not match up. But we did discover that these characters were uh, actually in the movie Slapshot. These were the names of three uh, minor comic relief characters in the hockey movie from 1977, Slapshot. So 
That was fun. I've heard that's a good movie. So there you go. That's some deep shit. Nobody's mentioned that Easter egg. Another snack exclusive. Uh, I figure we're we're about done with. It. Like, are we about done with? I got one more. Thing? Okay, go ahead. I got I got like I got something afterwards that I meant to share in the intro, but it fits in here. But you go ahead. Okay, one more thing. Uh, we were also wondering what K-Rog is and what it means, and I finally figured it out right before we started recording. Um, oh, crap, let me bring it up real quick. It's in the manual. Bring it up, bring it up. There was a guy on my team called Chris Pronger. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, I got layers. it. One of the two people credited for game design and the guy credited as the associate producer is named Ken Rogers. K-Rog. K-Rog. You think K-Rog is something that people actually called him around the office or it's what you wanted people to call him? It'd be really nice if people would just call me K-Rog. <laughs> His, in the and credit. like no one understands what that name is supposed to mean. <laughs> hey, you can call me K-Rog if you want. That's uh, okay. I don't. I'm fine with Ken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to call you that. <laughs> if you want, you can call me K-Rog. No, that's I, okay. I would... <laughs> okay. You know, a lot of people have said... K-Rog. A lot of people have said they wish they could call me K-Rog. You know, it's okay <laughs> with me if you do. I was thinking about it, and just today I decided, you can all call me K-Rog. He had a nameplate on his desk at one point, and I said, Ken... Don't call me Kenny Rogers, but then everybody started calling him Kenny Rogers. So he replaced it with a nameplate that simply said K Rog, but it never caught on. Everybody still called him Kenny Rogers, and he forced the programmers to put the K Rog thing in there as like a punishment. He said he was going to fire all of them if they didn't put K Rog in there somewhere. And so they buried it in the most obscure place they could think of, which is the cheat code. I bet that's very likely, yeah. I bet he had a custom license plate that said K-Rog, too. Oh, my God. Definitely. It's its characters. It's perfect for a license plate. Should have put this in vanity because it's a vanity plate. Hey! Oh! oh. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! One last bit. I have one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, I've got a thing I want to mention, too. Oh my god! So, like, you think this is a podcast for talking or something? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll I'll go. Uh, I wanted to note since we talked about uh, the credits in the manual that the quality assurance team had uh, nicknames attached to their names. So we had Mike Blades of Steel gone, Matt Crosscheck Soros, and Brian. Penalty bots Studwell. What a last name, too. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for penalty box Studwell. I mean, what a name, you know? He's forced to fuck in the penalty box. <laughs> he studs well. Um, actually, I have two things. Because um, I did a lot of research. I like the, this investigation category. I think I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, because it, it kind of names what I always wanted to do but never actually did, which is look up a bunch of weird shit about this game. So there's two things. Uh, first of all, apparently you can shatter the plexiglass and this was, Whoa. yeah, this was reported from the Genesis game and it was somebody on the game FAQs board saying, I've done this, but I don't know how I've played this game a lot, but it only happened twice. So it may not actually be in the Super Nintendo game and this guy may be a liar, but 
apparently you can shatter the plexiglass. When was, Curry, you mentioned you could dump people into the penalty box, right? Yeah, that that happened to me. That makes me think that you could probably shatter the plexiglass. <laughs> like it seems like they they were thinking about that. So that was interesting to me. And then the other thing, which is really silly, is that the uh, where's my notes? Uh, the the Quebec Nordiques or Nordique, I don't know. Uh, they left Quebec and went to Denver and became the Avalanche. They went to Colorado and became the Avalanche. And that was for the 95-96 season. Uh, the Nordique are still in the game. They didn't change them to the Avalanche in this game for some reason, and I don't know why. And the saddest part about all of this is that the Avalanche went on to win the Stanley Cup. So the game, the team that won the Stanley Cup that year wasn't in the game. <laughs> oh, my God. So that made me laugh. So that's what a it. twist. What a twist. Okay, so the last thing that I have to add is uh, something I meant to say in the beginning, but I forgot to implement it in the script. I was going to say what else Tiburon Entertainment is known for making or what they would go on to make. And aside from a metric ton of sports games, because they are kind of like they have to make games for EA for the rest of their lives, they made the Super Nintendo version of mech warrior 3050 they would make the video game adaptations of superman returns <laughs> and uh they would they did the nintendo ds version of golden eye rogue agent and they would eventually go on to make their magnum opus henry hatsworth in the puzzling adventure that's a pretty good game too it's on the ds and it uses two screens where you're like platforming on the top screen but then playing like a puzzle game on the bottom screen i liked it pretty well it's on the DS and it uses two screens. Go I wonder figure. if uh, I wonder if Ken Rogers was involved. K Rog Hatsworth in the no wait <laughs> that would be two last names. K Rog in the Puzzling Adventure. K Rog, if you ever listen to this, come on our show. Yeah, K Rog returns Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> come on, K Rog, we love you. We love you. <laughs> we'll call you K Rog. Oh, we swear we will call you K Rog. I won't. I won't do it. Shrug will do it, or he'll, or he'll be kicked off the podcast. <laughs> Nicknames are ridiculous. <laughs> That's a good point. That's why we all call you by your real name, Brittany. Indeed. It's Brittany, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that's way better than my joke. <laughs> okay, so... That's uh, that's investigation. That was a successful first investigation. Let's I feel like that was second investigation. No, uh, <laughs> sorry. What? I was just gonna say. I feel like that was a good investigation. I feel proud of that segment. I'm glad we changed the uh, the, the 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 main things that we talk about. I mean, they're obviously the only things people talk about in games. Is the four categories: gun, vanity, investigation, and revelation. But you know, we did change it a little bit. Anyway, I'll let you continue hosting. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, so yeah, finally, Revelation. Previously, this was Harmony. Seeing as our use of the segment has changed to giving our bottom line reviews, the name change seemed appropriate. So, what holy word from on high have thou received from this game? What wisdom do you have to impart? Oh my god, you're so much better at writing this script than I am. <laughs> Whatever. I just the put, veil has been rent. <laughs> I just put joke here, and then I don't have jokes. <laughs> oh, I had to put something there, or I figured I'd 
flop. So, <laughs> uh, but let's see. So, yeah, what would you say NHL 96 is? NHL 96 is the only known comic unique from Puck World on the Super Nintendo. NHL 96 is a year after NHL 95. <laughs> Except it's also the same year. <laughs> <laughs> NHL 96 is a thorough examination of the plexiglass. <laughs> NHL 96 is Phil Palmfeather, voiced by James Belusi, the Ducks manager when they are being an ice hockey team. He'd rather have the team do sometimes rather dangerous or stupid promotional gimmicks and autograph signings with the fans than have them save the world. Although he does acknowledge that they do good, he also has bad taste in fashion. Uh, NHL 96 is the headlining game at Evo 2019. That's that's the fighting game convention. I got it. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. And throwing it in the trash. No, I like that joke. Because <laughs> that, that ties in with mine, which is NHL 96 is button mashing in Soul Calibur Super Nintendo Edition. NHL 96 is 77 penalties. <laughs> NHL 96 does not want to admit that it's a fighting game. NHL 96 gave me an excuse to talk about Animorphs for 20 minutes. Fuck yeah. NHL 96 is Borg, voiced by Rob Paulson, Prince Regent of the Dimension Anaheim. <laughs> the Ducks helped him take back his throne and fought against Astaroth. Speaking of fucking Soul Calibur, he soon returns to warn the Ducks of Astaroth's search for his amulet, and he helps Nosedive and the Duke find the Star Sword, a weapon capable of destroying Astaroth's amulet. From the Dimension Anaheim? Oh, yeah. Fuck. NHL 96 is Daddy O'Cool, a deformed speak poet who is into monster trucks. <laughs> what? Oh, God. That is pretty Daddy O'Cool. NHL 96 does not feature the team that won the Stanley Cup that year. Are you saying the Mighty Ducks didn't win the Stanley Cup? They, they won the Stanley Cup in 2006 after changing their name to the Anaheim Ducks. So the Mighty Ducks thing was holding them back. Fuck! <laughs> I guess Mighty they weren't Ducks. so mighty after all. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks won the Stanley Cup in my Stanley heart. <laughs> NHL 96 is the game on the shelf in the grocery store's paltry video game rental section that you never bothered picking up because why would you? <laughs> uh, NHL 96 is certainly one of them. NHL 96 will suck you into the game the second you hear the organ music blaring, and you will NHL 96 will suck you? Into the game. <laughs> you fucking ruined my joke! <laughs> Look, I'm quoting a game FAQ's review, and I have to start from the top, because there's a whole joke here. God. NFL. NFL. NHL 96. NFL? Will... God damn it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> No, NHL 96 will fuck it and suck it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, God. NHL 96 is the most pornographic game on the Super Nintendo. Yes, even more so than Mahjong. <laughs> more so than Animorphs. Animorphs, Animorphs, running round, being a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, 
Yep, that's it. Are you? Are you? Are you gonna do it? Yeah, you should do it. You should do it. My joke. All right, fine. I'll yeah. <laughs> NHL '96 will suck you into the game the second you hear the organ music blaring, and you will need to escape before you get three penalties and are erased from existence. Ooh, yeah. Only half of that uh, was a quote from a game FAQs review. Relating to our comment about this being the most pornographic game, it seems only appropriate to say NHL 96 is NHL 69. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Nice hockey league. Nice More hockey. like nice hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> NHL uh, 96 uh, is Jack Grin Hardwing, vo- voiced by Brad Garrett, a large, super strong member of the group with a Zen-like philosophy. Unlike the stereotype of strong people, oh, Grin is wise and doesn't let his anger cloud his judgment. He rarely uses weapons in battle, relying on wisdom and strength instead. He has a strong sense of honor and can always be counted on for support. He is a good friend of Nosedive. During Grin's younger years, he had a horrible temper. He found enlightenment with the training from the grand hockey master, Ty Quack Doe. Uh, Grin uh, is the right defensive man of the team, and his jersey number is one. The same number on Ty Quack Doe wears on his robe. The same number on Ty Quack Doe. Yeah, there's a bit of a typo on the Wikipedia page. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Brad Garrett is the brother on Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's weird. NHL 96 is Mad Quacks Beyond Hockey Dome. Hey, Ray, I'm a duck. <laughs> and I want the buck. Hey, who ruled duck t- Who ruled Beak Town? Hey, Ray. Ray, no one actually loves you. Who, who controlled... Who control Barter ta- Town? Puck. Who Duck. control you? You you spin. You break a deal. You 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 face the wheel, Ray. <laughs> Puck ducks. Puck all ducks. Our, all our all our laws are catchy slogans. <laughs> That's how I rule. Catchy <laughs> slogans. Oh my God. Oh, uh, and one last bit of, uh, I guess, investigation. Mighty Ducks, the animated TV series, also aired in 1996. So our uh, our beautiful image of the person who plays NHL 96 and is obsessed with Animorphs and the movie Independence Day was also watching Mighty Ducks as it aired. Amazing. Excellent. Uh, also, I just found. Uh, man, should I even talk about this? Oh, geez, I found some face. Uh, okay, I was googling Ken Rogers and Tiburon to find out about Ken Rogers, and there's someone with that name posting on the Bay Area Brony Spectacular Con Facebook page. Oh no! I mean, Ken Rogers is a very common name. It, it, yeah, it's probably not our K Rog. Yeah, it's a different K Rog. Definitely goes by K Rog though. I don't think RK Rock would go to Wendy's twice yesterday. <laughs> he has hmm, NASCAR initial 97 
Star Wars Republic Commando. He was the international producer. G.I. Joe Rose, Rise of Cobra. Risk Factions. His last a his last uh, credit was a Battlefield Four Naval Strike in 2014. Mm. He got out of the game. K. Rog got out of the game. <laughs> hey, Clint. Uh, do you have a mystery topic for us? You know, I knew you were going to ask me that question, so I came up with one 14 seconds ago. Um, <laughs> yes, if you could replace the puck in hockey with any object, what would you replace it with? K-Rog. <laughs> I'd replace it with flubber, because that's also very 90s, I think. And I rate seven-foot-tall albino penguin. <laughs> there you go. Just smack that penguin around. Smack in the penguin, baby. I was just going to say a duck. Another hockey player. <laughs> a just, neutral hockey player that must be pushed into a goal. I think... Uh, uh, olive oil. <laughs> the, just, the, the, the object or... Just just a bunch of oil poured onto the rink and they have to try to smack it into a goal. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be a, a non-Newtonian fluid. Oh, yeah, something that's liquid when it's not being smacked, but when you smack it, it turns into a solid. Now, that is, that's straight from Puck Flubber. World. That's just Flubber. Oh, what if we, <laughs> what if we replaced the Puck with an iPhone that was playing this episode? <laughs> that's weirdly Walt recursive. Walt Disney's uh, cryogenically frozen head. Otherwise known as the Puck Duck. Do we take it? Out of its little jar? Yes. Yes, we take it out of the jar, and as it thaws, it uh, becomes a lot softer while you try to smack it into a doll. Don't if worry, you, it's on the ice. If you, cru <laughs> if you crush Walt Disney's skull in, then you automatically lose the game. If so. you destroy Walt Disney's skull, then Disney loses its power of copyright over Mickey Mouse. That's how the law works. That is how it works. And the Mighty Ducks are freed from their curse, and they can return to their true Mallard's form. <laughs> return to the dimension of Anaheim. Maybe rather than bringing him back on, uh, who's the motherfucker who Disney is, like the rumor is that they're going to bring him back after six months leave? PewDiePie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That would be dark. Yeah, sorry. Uh, God, why why am I forgetting this motherfucker's name? Uh, the Pixar guy? Yeah. Brad Bird? Not Brad Bird, the head. The other Pixar guy. Walt Disney's head. Uh, John Lasseter. John Lasseter, who left like seven months ago. He took a sabbatical because he's a groper. And now Disney's like maybe quietly trying to bring him back, even though he's a groper. And he he, he left on his own so that people would be like, "Oh, look, he's a nice groper. He has honor." Yeah, and apparently he just is absolutely incapable of working with women. Like the reason that Brave ended up, it was going to be their first uh, movie that was directed by a woman, and she ended up being removed for the project from the project or leaving. Um, the major reason why that happened was because Lassiter just could not 
deal with dealing working with a woman as an equal like she had she had like her assistant had to talk to Lassiter. he's like a giant 14 year old boy oh and my god I've read, I've read stories from anonymous sources because people don't want to be still immensely powerful and uh people don't want to ruin their careers but like a woman who was not people were like we can't let told a woman we can't let you go into meetings with john because he will be distracted by you and he might get handsy with you so it's you know it's to protect you and so that you don't get distracted so of course your career can't go anywhere because her voice can't be heard by the head of the fucking company because he's a creep um he'll get a bonner he'll get a bonner but it's uh. the, oh don't worry he's a we have to facilitate this guy and his fucking bonners because he's a genius um but they're talking about quietly bringing him back and there's been a whole like hashtag campaign of no yeah that which, seems like a good hashtag for it which no which, it's like lose lassiter it's um which hopefully uh the optics are bad enough that giant mega corporation disney will not want to keep this guy on because he's disgusting but in any case rather than bringing him back they can cut his head off and use him as a yes freeze dry it with waltz and use it as a hockey puck two hockey yeah. pucks that's, that's what this was leading to thank you sounds John, good to me yeah John Lasseter and Walt Disney's head on the rink. Either of them is worth one point, but if you get both in the goal within five seconds of, of each other, that's four points. It's like multi-ball, multi-puck. Multi-puck. Multi-head. Multi-puck. <laughs> I did not know that about John Lasseter, and uh, yeah, there you go. I didn't know that. So it's too bad he mysteriously fell into a manhole and was never seen again. Welcome to this Nexploration universe, where all gropers mysteriously fall into manholes and are never seen again. Turns out, Cars, the Cars series, is not the worst of his crimes. I know <laughs> it's difficult to believe that that's possible, but... Well, I would... The other thing I'd replace it with is uh, Croissant. And that's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> A good hey, ending. Yes. Hey, everyone. Where can people find you if they want more of you? Oh, I'm first. Am I first? Yes. Oops. Yes, I'm Clint. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint. I'm also poking around the select button forums constantly as Virtual Clint. I don't think I have any other online presence really anymore. So that's just, that's it. The cube. The, oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm the cube, but in mysterious places. <laughs> Uh, I'm one second before you can find me on the select button.net forums and also on Twitter uh, as un segundo antes. And I was thinking about it last night and I was thinking, oh, no, maybe I should have put antes day. I mean, that's the correct uh, grammar, right, to, to replicate one second before in Spanish. But uh, I don't know. Maybe antes on its own is enough. I'm not enough of a Spanish grammatical expert to know. But uh, if you want to tell me, tweet at me. I am Shrug, uh, a.k.a. Brittany, I guess. I am Shrug on the forums. I am uh, at Shrugopolis on Twitter, where I 
don't join in on hashtag trends, sadly. It's probably for the best. Um, and you can hear me on No Rangers Allowed, drawing up my sentences unnecessarily and sort of being more of an anamorph lately, usually to no particular end with Tilpa. And I am Telpa. You can find me on the forums, possibly. And you can find me on Twitter as Memorious Telpa. And you can also find me tolerating Shred's Animorph fantasies on No Rangers Allowed. And you can soon find me on a spin-off No Rangers Allowed, where Shred was the GM for a session, and Clint was also there. Yeah, I was going to say, I was there too, so you can hear even more of my dumbass voice. I said less there, though. I talked less. Or did you? I did talk a lot, to be fair. <laughs> and I've been your host, Courier Rice. You can find me on Twitter at Courier Rice. You can find me on the selectbutton.net forums as Courier Rice. And you can find me via the, the Tumblers. I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog, where I mostly just reblog stuff that is thematically appropriate. Uh, and occasionally tell people, oh, right, we, we are a podcast, we have episodes. You should go on there and send me weird anons. Don't ask me for nudes. Please stop asking me for nudes. Yeah, that's 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 been getting rude, the nude requests, the nude rudes, rude nudes. The nudes. <laughs> this doesn't actually happen, just so you guys know. But um, only people with two to ask for rude nudes. Yeah, I actually, just, please ask me for nudes. I, I feel very uh, unloved. Anyway, <laughs> I need to start asking for nudes. I don't. I mean, mm. I've kind of got a tude, but I always felt like that would be really forward. And I'm li I like, I try to be aware of my, like, like, I don't think there's ever really a good time to ask for nudes for me personally. You know what we should do and is this exploration nude calendar where we all get to show nudes. <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude to ask Curry for nudes? <laughs> the uh, $2 million Patreon tier is the nude To, to the death generator. <laughs> okay, if you like this podcast, spread the word, please. Tell your coach, tell your team, tell the opposing team, tell the Mighty Ducks. Tell your puck. Just tweet about us. Tell your puck. Spreading the word about us on social media helps us tremendously. If you leave a review on iTunes, we'll even read it on the air, no matter how mean it is. I hope it's not mean. That might actually detract from our success. <laughs> anyway, I'd also like to remind our listeners that we have a website at SNES.Zone. It has links to our social media platforms, including Twitter, where you can vote on future episodes. And it also features short bios for our regulars with recommended episodes for new listeners. If you'd like to take part in similarly inane and self-absorbed video game discussion, jump on over to the selectbutton.net forums. The next podcast will be up on June 24th. And now, as everyone's been patiently waiting, it's time to discover what game we'll be playing next. Now, it's an explorer's choice game. Uh, a new thing that we're doing in this season where every third episode will be selected by our guests past and present. We randomly choose from a list of those choices and then we play it this week. 
The game is... Give me just a moment here. Oh, please be me. 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 Oh, it's not be me. No, me. Me. It's probably going to be... It's Bachelor! Ah! Oh, what game did Bachelor play? We'll be playing Holy Umbrella. I think it's called Holy Umbrella Dondera. Dondera's Wild. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited for that because I believe that's a platformer with a, like a big comedic uh, twist to its uh, its subject. I don't know if it's based on anything. I don't uh, think it's based on anything. I actually fed that suggestion to Bachelor uh, so I could stuff the votes with two games I wanted to play. <laughs> you <Rude>. cheater. Tulpa. <laughs> A manipulator. Oh my but, god, that's exciting though. Our first explorer's choice, and it's a game that I've been meaning to play since the translation was released, and I never played yeah, same, it. Same, same. I've never that's heard of this. Every translation. So at least it's a game everyone is hyped to play. Yeah, I think yeah, so. you're right. We have to skip it. <laughs> oh no! But I really want to play Holy Umbrella. You don't get anything you want. I'm coming Ever. to your house, and I'm taking your actual Super Nintendo away from you. Yes, my actual Super Nintendo, on which I legally acquired a copy of NHL 96 to legally play. <laughs> and then you'll never be able to play those games for the podcast. That'll be it. By the way, if anyone found this podcast through Game FAQs, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should go to the Game FAQs boards for all of our previous podcasts, and you'll find One Second Before is excellent, weird prose. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's good viral marketing. We've been astroturfing. <laughs> yeah, I've been like astroturfing the Game Facts forums. Don't tell the mods. I'm going to get banned. <laughs> We're going to get very banned. It's but... worth it. Then we'll get on the news. Yeah, that's what Everyone happens. Talks about, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get on the news. Oh my god, I'm looking at the Explorer's Choice list, and we've got so many good games coming up. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's almost uncharacteristic of our podcast. Yep. Welcome to season two, uncharacteristic of our podcast. Also, there's a new villain. Watch out for hints. We're dropping through our ARG on this exploration Twitter. It's CJC. Hint. <laughs> hint. I am the villain. You John Lasseter? <laughs> no. Oh That's God. horrible. Why would you say that uh, about someone? I, was just, I thought it was pretty clear up to this point that John Lasseter was our most hated foe. That's true, actually. No, we're oh, not going to yeah. do that. It's too sure. dark. Tulpa's the villain, but they're going by a different name. And it's up to you to find the name. If you find the name, you can destroy Tulpa. It's CJC. It's CJC. <laughs> Oilers. Is it K-Rog? Oh, man. Twist. <laughs> I know, looking at K-Rog's picture, he doesn't look like he has any villainy in him. Not he at all. He looks really nice. Yeah. We uh like we all just start trying to guess Tulpa's name, and just as we're doing that, like in the middle of it, Tulpa starts to melt. We're not sure which name did it. Yeah, that sounds like is going to. That sounds like what's going to happen. So Shrug did down. find a Shrug found a picture of K Rog, and he does look a lot like William H Macy. <laughs> he kind of yeah. does, doesn't he? It's like William H Macy if he wasn't. Keeping up that tight body. 
I I William have a bile flush. William H Macy's pretty cut. I'm just like you know you might not think about that when you think of William H Macy, but he looks like he works out a lot. Hayrod actually looks exactly like if you were to take William H. Macy and transform him into John Hodgman and stop about 65% of the way there. <laughs> I see it. I have a story that I want to tell everyone here, and you're, I, please don't hate me. Um, I was... Oh, I, I hate you. Macy was a serial killer. My bad. <laughs> no. I look at him now and I'm like... And you're thinking of John Wayne Gacy. Yes, that's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Clint. Go on. No, that's fine. I just want to say that that I, I have a story. I was recording a video to uh, show Curry my weird system for randomizing games, and I was playing with the randomizer. And I like, but about the third time I randomized it, the three games that came up were uh, Shiroi Ring E Twinkle Little Star. Don't know what that is. Ganbare Goemon Three. Blah blah blah. Bunch of stuff. And Chuck Rock. No. Yep. Oh my god. I have video <laughs> proof of this. And the the worst thing is that I was like, well, we can't use this because I because I did we're not it doesn't feel right to use this. <laughs> so, Wait, we haven't done the it's not thing yet. Oh yeah. Well it's not That's because that's at the very end of the podcast. Well, this is part oh. of the podcast still, so there. No, uh so I'm just I'm really I'm sad. I'm so sad. There's like a one in sixteen hundred chance, a three in sixteen hundred chance it would have been that game and it fucking came up and I wanna die. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> I also want to die, but for other reasons. <laughs> oh my god. Don't die. Anyway, so uh that's our that's our podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh until next time. It's not it's not John Wayne Gacy, <laughs> who's probably the better of the people named John Wayne when you think about it. Uh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Super Hockey for the Super Nintendo. It's not Wait, Clint Enix. What? Say that again? Did we lose Shrug? Shrug, Shrug died. Shrug! It's not Shrug anymore. <laughs> There's no Shrug anymore. Oh, he left. Oh, we did lose him. Oh. He's back. Oh, Lord. Ah. What were ah. you? Hello. Hi, welcome back, Shrug. Uh, I was saying that it's not um, Clint inexplicably trying to speak ill of my, or trying to uh, contradict my speaking ill of John Wayne. I think that child murderer pretty much tops any other sin. <laughs> John Wayne killed some kids. <laughs> Fuck. It's it's not Ganpare Goemon 3. Shishi Jurokobi no Karakuri Manji Gatame. It's not Animorph Shattered Reality for PlayStation 1. It's not Figure Skating 2010. Which isn't a real game. It's not NHL 94, which I guess is the definitive version of the NHL series on 16-bit consoles. It's not NHL 97, which is probably just warmed over leftovers. Just a real garbage direction. Just who cares about this NHL game? We've seen it all before. It's not an actual Disney Mighty Ducks video game for some reason, because that doesn't exist as far as I can tell.
Oh, there is a video game of it that is only accessible at Disney Quest in Orlando, Florida, which might not even exist anymore. But oh, shit. Oh, that's our next special episode. <laughs> yeah, we have to make a pilgrimage. It's like a, a fake virtual reality game from like the early 2000s where uh, you sit in a weird chair and it's a giant pinball table. And it, there's like eight chairs and every person who sits in the chair is a different pinball on the pinball table and you are able to control yourself somehow the game makes no sense donate to our patreon so we can go play this very bad pinball game yeah that's the thousand dollar tier we'll go we'll go seek it out it's not super baseball 2020 it's not mutant league hockey it's not kirby's dream course it's not my sims kingdom it's not the herbs. <laughs> it's not MLBPA baseball. What? Good night, it's- everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's it. Yeah, well, we gotta say, as always, it's not Chuck Rock. But it could have been Chuck Rock. Ah! It was so close. I realized late that a a rule that probably should be put in is you can't pick Chuck Rock. It has to come by fate. That's true. Honestly, because that's like the end of the podcast right there. Yeah, if we ever get Chuck Rock, we have to quit. If Chuck Rock comes up in any of the next three randomizations, I promise you I'm not editorializing. (laughs) I promise it was real because I'm so (laughs) dedicated to the system that I got rid of that randomization. I could have stopped the video and I could have left it there and recorded a new video. But no, I didn't because I'm not a liar. NHL 96 will suck you? (laughs) Thank you, as always, to Schnabobula for his incredible track, playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms. Also, thanks to our regular guest, Bachelor, for the incredible art that we have now. Go check out uh, Bachelor Soft on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.